The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. How often do you wake up in the morning and wonder if you're being as effective as you possibly could be with your team, with the results you get, with the follow-through that people give you? Or if it's not just right, do you wonder if you could do better at getting people to take action? And do you wonder maybe, is it your own communication skills, something about your interpersonal skills, something about how you talk to people, that if you got better at those things, you'd have better results in the long run? To answer those questions, Dr. Sandra Folk. Dr. Sandra, uh, Sandra, thank you for joining the show and uh, for uh, participating with us. These are these are really important uh, issues for executives. I mean, they really um, a, a lot of people struggle with this, and some of them are native English speakers. There's a lot more non-native English speakers that have come into the mix, and all different people they have different kinds of problems. But give us a sense, uh, you know, about what it is that you do, and and, and how can you help our listeners be better in their overall communication patterns. Thank you for inviting me to participate. What I would say to executives or people who are listening to your podcast right now, who may be native English speakers or for people for whom English is not their first language, if they wake up in the morning asking themselves those questions, they need to stop and ask themselves, why? What can I do differently? What's happening for me that I need to stop and think, to think about why is this ha- Why am I not getting the results I need when I speak to people or I do a presentation? Why does my team not follow through and do what I expect them to do? Or my clients, why are they having trouble understanding me? And so what I do is I work with people to help them understand what communication is all about. Okay, so let's let's just go back to the thing you said before. I can think of four or five different reasons that somebody wouldn't be doing what you want. Maybe you're not clear. Maybe people just don't respect you and they just don't do what you want them to do no matter how clear you are. Uh, you know, maybe maybe people can't understand you because you've got some kind of an accent or dialect that is hard for them to follow. I mean, I could think of lots of reasons why some of it's communication, 
Some of it is not communication, you know, then, then a lot of people would go into like a male, female kind of a thing. Like, well, they listen to men more than women. But I think that's also part of the communication pattern. So let's take one kind of scenario at a time, or let's pick one or two and dive into them. Okay. Uh, A typical scenario that a person might be involved in is, here's a very typical one with a client that I have. He said, um, he's a vice president in a commercial real estate company. And he said, I really feel like I say things and I don't think about what I say. And then I get myself into trouble. And so he wanted, so what I do is I work with him to help him stop and think about what are you thinking? What's in your head, really, in your, in your mind when you start to talk to people? Have you stopped to think? So that's a typical scenario of someone who, hey, I, I'm not getting the results I want. Here, and my clients, and then I end up, I'm, I'm sorry for what I said because it caused a problem. So it could be that somebody's too impetuous and they haven't stopped to think about what they're saying, because that's really important. People tend to respond, to react rather than to stop and think. Uh, another typical well, situation. Let's, let's, let's do that one first. I mean, that, that's a, a big one. And, and I learned this lesson, uh, you know, as a youngster, I, I had an executive of a company where I was and, and he said to me, you know, just don't, don't do a knee jerk, just count to three before you blurt something out. He just said something simple. Maybe you have a more sophisticated way of dealing with it, but, you know, just count to three. If you're going to say something really important, you know, give yourself a couple seconds to ponder before you blurt out what it is. And uh, is is that the kind of thing we're talking about or something like that? It was like that. It was. And also uh, because he has, he makes assumptions about people. So if you make assumptions about people, that they have to think the way you do, then you get yourself into trouble because you have to think in this, in this case, I think one of the big problems that people have is that they think about themselves first rather than who they're talking to their audience or who they're writing to. And I think when this is what was happening to him, he made these assumptions. And then of course, based on what he thinks should happen, did not happen. And if you're an executive and you do that, then what's going to happen is you're going to cause conflict. So, or you're going to not get people to respond the way you want. So you have to put yourself in their shoes. That's a very typical example of what happens when people haven't, when somebody gets up in the morning and stops and says, well, why isn't this happening? And I think sometimes you think, well, I've got it. My way is the right way. It's not necessarily the right way. So I would say you need to take a step back. You need to think about why is this happening? Who are the people I'm dealing with? What, what do they want? What do they need? And how can I meet their needs and explain to them what it is that they're looking for. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have is it's always about me and not about them. So I know what I want to have happen and I have to uh, get, so I want them to do ultimately what I want them to do because I'm the boss, let's just say. But every person has a style and the better you understand their style, the more effective I imagine you'll be with them. 
I mean, is it is it realistic for bosses to, to adapt to 10 different people's styles or can they kind of have a blanket that, that you know, I mean, how, how personalized do you get? I mean, we live in a world of personal computers, personal iPads, personal phones, personal, I mean, but how personal can the boss be when he's, when he or she has 10 or 20 reports or whatever they have to do? You know, I had a meeting recently with the CEO of a huge corporation, okay? And he said on his website, on his, link, on his LinkedIn page, rather, you can learn more by listening to people than by talking. And to me, that is exactly what represents what, and you say bosses can't adapt to everybody's style. I agree with you. You can't adapt this. Otherwise, you're spending all your time thinking about how am I going to, you know, fit so and so and how am I going to work with this one and that one. However, I think it's more about listening to what people are saying and what is it that they need and then trying to meet multiple audiences needs. So you have to be more sensitive what, to what people are saying and more intuitive and try to find that common ground with your communication. And the key is, I think this is the key. The key is the words, the words you use, because those words are what delivers your message to people and what you want them to do. So if you choose words that resonate with people and help them to better understand and that they think, oh, he really gets what I want now. He really understands me. And all, it's all about choosing a few right words. And I think that that's key. You know, um, language, I, I didn't used to think this, but I kind of, as I've gotten older, kind of understand language is sort of a moving target. It, it, it changes over time. True. And, you know, in the past, we would refer to people as the guys or in, in a masculine sense. And now uh, that's not inclusive. And, and so now we try to talk to people in different ways. And but a lot of us older people kind of are used to doing it one way. And a lot of I mean, I get what you're saying and I like what you're saying, but a lot of us have old habits that are hard to break and and they're you know, there's a lot of language is very inflammatory that you don't mean to be inflammatory, but different words mean different things to different people. And, and we, we kind of feel like we're always walking on eggshells all the time. How do we navigate, you know, kind of delivering a nice message, but not, you know, being inflammatory by picking the wrong word? I mean, you know, because that, that's kind of also a problem. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I understand what you mean. However, uh, it's not that difficult to think, to take a step back and think about, well, maybe if I try doing this this way instead of that way, it's all about solving a problem, right? And a strategy. So if you're, if you want to be successful, you have to, you have to think about what strategies are going to work. If you're the executive of a large corporation, you have to strategize, right? You have to strategize and figure out a plan and you have to be in order to be successful. Well, this is in comparison, this is so minute to stopping and thinking about, well, hey, instead of using you guys, you use a different terminology and talk about people instead of you guys kind of thing. 
And people do that a lot. They talk about you guys, you know. So I think it's just a matter of if instead of using, no matter how old you are, it's never to, it's, everybody can change the use of their words. And it doesn't, it isn't that hard to choose, you know, uh, a gen, a not to choose a word that is not gender specific so that you're not talking about male oriented words and you use words that are inclusive and talk about people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that language, it just, it changes with the times. And if we look back at Shakespearean, you know, obviously 400 years ago, the, the, the language has changed a lot and we're living through another iteration of that change, which is quite fascinating. I mean, it's an exciting thing to live through a change of this kind of magnitude where we're really um, moving away from gender specific or, or gender inclusive, you know, where one gender is for everybody. And we kind of have something that's a little different and it just takes practice. I'm not saying I, I certainly don't object to it. I, in fact, I frequently will uh, tell an audience, listen, if I make a mistake, I apologize. I'm trying really hard to break this old habit, but <laughs> it's a hard habit to break. And people always get it. And they always give me a little slack because uh, they, they know you're trying. And, and I think your point is very well taken. They just, it just takes practice. So, well, you said it right there, Joel. You said, I say to people, you know, like, forgive me if I've done this. So it's, again, it's your words. It's how you present that idea. So, and they give you a little slack because you have taken the time to make them feel comfortable with you. Yeah. And, and, so you, and you know, uh, most of us don't get it perfect. We, we just don't, but we, we, do. we try and that's that's the best we can do, I guess, right? Well, here's a perfect example. Uh, let's go back to this person I told you, my client, who is makes who was erratic in the way he makes decisions. He had to meet with a woman. He's of a different generation than she is. He's, you know, in his 30s, she was in his 60s, in her 60s, he told me. I know it's not going to be a good meeting because she's in a different generation than I am. And I'm not going to be able to connect with her. So I said to him, You've already made a decision before you even met with this woman that you will not be successful. And so I said, let's plan this out. So we sat down and we planned it out. And I said, you need to hear what she's got to say before you, before you make an assumption. And you know, the old story about assume it makes an ass out of you and me. So um, I said to him, let's plan it out. We planned it out. He went to the meeting contacted me the next day and he said, Sandra, it was so good. That meeting was so successful because I listened to what she had to say and heard. And what she said was very much aligned with what I wanted to happen. So there's a typical example of someone. He's a senior vice president. He had to meet with this woman who is the you know, right-hand person of the, corp the CEO of the corporation he needed to get to. And it was a great meeting and he got, he made it happen. And that's you know, it's a, funny, it's a funny thing. Uh, most people kind of want the same things. They want, they want to have a good life. They want to be treated with respect. They want to have some fun. They, they, whatever, whatever the things are they need. We just have a couple of details that are different between us about how we accomplish those things. And, and that, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how it is. But um what about, uh, you know, I know you work with uh, some native English speakers and uh, maybe some uh, non-native English speakers. I I'd kind of rather put the non-native people, uh, you know, kind of put those in the back burner because we have plenty to talk about with the native ones. 
and in most of our, uh, let's say that I'm just going to make an assumption that, that many of our listeners are native, let's just say, but people who are not native, uh, that, that if you're, if you're non-native, it's kind of obvious that you've got probably, you've been working hard on learning the language to begin with, and you want to keep learning. And that's kind of your goal. But for non-native, we learned English as babies. We learned it in high school, junior high school, elementary school. We, so we've been, you know, we kind of take it for granted that we kind of have it under control, but Apparently, a lot of us do not have it completely under control, and we kind of take <laughs> for granted that we do. So how do you uh, get through to somebody who maybe their boss calls you and says, listen, I, I've got somebody, uh, they're not that great. They think they're a little better than they are, <laughs> and, and, and they could use a little bit of uh, support. So how, how do you you know, kind of make that process happen? Okay, I'll tell you exactly what I do. I, uh, the process that I use is I will have a conversation, an initial conversation with somebody just to hear who they are, find out, learn about their values, what they think. And then I um, ask them, you know, I try to find a little bit more about what they, what they're thinking. It's trying to get into their head and figure out what is it that they really want and how do they think. I then do, um, we'll follow up with the deep needs assessment to ask them, um, to learn more about the details of who they are, what they want, and why they think that they're such good speakers or, or uh, conversationalists. And after that, I would come, I would um, decide, here's how I can help this person. So my goal with helping people who are like your clients who you're saying would be mostly native English speakers is to stop and, and ask them, work with them, to get them to realize that when you communicate with people, there's a process there. They think, well, if I just say something, it's okay. Or if I just write something, it's okay. It's not. And this is where I have come up as I, uh, with my whole concept. It's four key principles of what it, I try to get people to think about or to uh, implement in their practice. This is about implementing their practice. And the four key things that I help them to get to understand um, and to slowly, slowly integrate this into the way they think is, first of all, that communication is about four, four key things. It's about, I use the... the um, I, I use the, uh, the idea of a road trip, right? The metaphor of a road trip. And when you are going on a road trip, you have to stop and think about where do you want to end up with your communication? So that's your outcome. Before you open your mouth, before you write, before you do anything, you need to think, stop, think, and then figure out where do, what, do, what do I want to accomplish here? And once you've decided, well, here's where I want to get to, as in a road trip, you then backtrack and come back to your goal. Now, this is not a long process. This can be done like in five, 10 minutes. Then you come back to your goal, your starting point. So you've got a starting point, you've got an end point. And now it's plan, plan what it is you want to happen. How are you going to get from your starting point to your end point? You have to have a plan. Once you have that plan, part of that plan is knowing who your audience is. So that's the third thing. You need to understand your audience. You need to stop and research them and think about who they are. How can I help them? Because 
why are you communicating? You're communicating because you're trying to get somebody or people to take action or to understand what it is you're, you're trans, you want them to, uh, what you're saying. And then the fourth thing is your words. So your words are critical because if your words do not resonate with the people you're trying to connect with, you've lost them. So it, in summary, it's just you're, you need to think about your outcome. Where do you want to end up? Your starting point, have a plan because you want to persuade people to do something. It's, communication is about persuading. And then once you know your audience really well, you use your words. And the words are what's going to persuade somebody to take action or to do whatever it is or understand what you want them to. And it's that straightforward and simple. You know, I, I would guess that some people are really good at that. They're either intuitively good at it or they learn to be good at it. There are other people that have some style problem and the style problem could be something like they're long-winded. Like, like they just never get to the point. They're, they like talk in circles. And I mean, and, and so, you know, these are people, people don't listen to me because they tune out like, like a second after they start talking because they just go in circles and they tell the same stories over and over again. And they, it just, it, it's so painful to listen to some people. How do, how do you address uh, somebody who is excessively long-winded? They never get to their point. They just, there's so much other stuff that, that they, they just trip over their own words. Well, usually when I work with people, I, one of the key things I do is build trust with me. Okay. So they trust me. And if somebody has done that, I, when I work with them, I listen, I work with them weekly, once a week for an hour, and then I provide them with a lot of feedback, written and oral feedback. So one of the things that when people start to trust me, I will say, I didn't understand what you said. Like I will point blank say, I didn't understand what you said. Can you explain that to me, please? Because I didn't get it. And when I'm very forthright and I do that, not in a confrontational way, I build their confidence. However, as part of building their confidence, I help them understand you can't talk like that because nobody understands you. And I do that in my written feedback and my oral feedback. Perfect example, I was working with a woman. She was so long-winded. She would do, I work with them and I get them to do video presentations for me on a particular topic. So I'll say, I want you to do a video presentation on this topic. Prepare it, send it to me. I listen to it, I watch it, I provide them feedback. And I would say, I didn't get what you said, or you said too many things there to say one little thing. So here's what you need to do differently. Or I ask them, how could you say this differently? How might you do this? And it's all part, and by the time I'm finished with them in eight weeks, They've changed. They've made those changes that they need and they become much better because it's the practice. It's the weekly practice and the feedback because people need the practice to change habits and they need the feedback and you well, need to build. And the, you know, part of the other thing is probably once you point it out to them, then they focus on it. And once they focus on it, then they start to make some correction and maybe nobody was ever forthright with them. Uh, maybe their family did, but they didn't take it seriously. But a business environment, you know, it, it's a funny thing to say, you know, I didn't get what you said because people are, they're thinking, 
don't we all speak English here? How could you possibly not understand what I just said? But it's not the words that they are. It's the concept that doesn't make sense. Uh, and this happens all the time. You know, people, they lack clarity. When they lack clarity about what they're trying to say or what they're talking about or what their business model is or what their goals are, whatever it is, I find that if people don't have clarity, then they can't express their idea with clarity. And if they don't have, you know, and if you don't have clarity, then you can't get other people to uh, be clear either. You're right. And the biggest problem is, is that people never learned how to do that. They go to business schools. The business schools never teach you how to do that. You go to university, to colleges, you never learn about business communication. You learn to write essays to, you know, I'm going to write this essay for the professor because I have to get it done. I, I need to reach the word count, finish, done. You ne- nobody ever, have you, can you stop and think about any time that you were at school or you took some, were involved in some learning where people actually said, you you need to learn how to re- write and re- speak better in order to pass to you know finish university finish college finish MBA whatever it might be you don't you know, you know um, so there's there's written communication and then there's like a speech class where you stand in front of the class and you would speak to the audience some kind of public speaking but what we're talking about is interpersonal you know between two people let's say or two or four people what it's some small group and. I, I, you're right. I can't think of any time that anyone ever gave anybody coaching on how to no. do a better job of communicating in a small environment of people that wasn't in a, in a public environment where you're speaking to many people, that's one skill. Writing something is another skill, but talking to a group of people, that's another skill. And not everybody has that skill. Unless you're fortunate to have that intuitively. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to do. And that's the problem. And it's all again, as I come back to what I said before, it's about making assumptions. Oh, yeah, it's nothing. I can go and speak to these, you know, on my team. There's four people on my team. Oh, it's easy. I just go in and talk to them. It's not easy. It's it's a challenge. And people need to learn how to do that. And once you do and you have that confidence that, you're not talking in vague language because that's the biggest problem is vague words. And I, you don't understand what they're saying. Uh, like we'll get it, you know, going forward. What does going forward mean? You know, we're going to achieve this going forward. You say to your team, well, what does going forward mean? I don't know. Does going forward mean tomorrow, the next week, how are we going to do it? They haven't talked in specific language. So if you don't lay out things in specific in specificity or as you know in, in particular words, then I don't know. I make an assumption and I can be wrong. And that's the problem with the vagueness of people's language. Well, and especially now, you know, with all the electronic devices that everybody carries around and there's video and audio recordings of everything that everybody says. Uh, you know, what, what is spontaneous for you to say now ends up sticking around for a long time. And right. you could be stuck with some things that you blurt out spontaneously. And that's also a problem. Well, this is, again, as I said, it all comes back to people. It brings me back to the same thing again. Stop. Think about what you're going to say and think about how can you help people. The people you're talking to understand specifically 
what it is you want them to do. Like lay it out. Here's point one, point two, point three. It's much easier to do that for people if you provide organized information than if you just, you know, write, yeah, everything was fine or we'll do this tomorrow. What is this? You know, and I, I, I this is, here's a perfect example. Um, somebody hit my car the day before. It was parked on the side street um, where I live. And so I had to take it to, you know, all this whole process insurance company I did everything they told me yesterday and I sent an uh, email to the woman who was looking after my case. So I said, you know, following what, you know, the information you gave me, here's what I did yesterday that you need to know. Point one, point two, point three, point four. Today, she sent me an email. Thank you very much. I guess now it's up to us to follow through with the rest of it. So I laid out the four things she that I did that she needed to know in order for them to go ahead and go forward with the next thing. Well, I'll tell you one thing, uh, you know, people are rewarded for good communication with, with action. When you have poor communication, you're, you're rewarded with more questions and more frustration. It's kind of like, you know, when you're great at golf, golf's a lot of fun. When you're great at it when you're not too good at it. Uh, you know, the worse you are, the worse it is. <laughs> That's how communication is, too. The worse you are at it, the worse it is, because people don't understand it. They, they don't understand what you're asking them. Then they ask you more questions and you get more frustrated. The more frustrated you get, the shorter your sentences get, and the shorter they get, the less they understand. And it's just this whole cycle that just seems like it just keeps going and going and uh, be sort of better if people just kind of learn to be better at it early on, wouldn't it? It is. And so you that's why I'm saying when you go back to where we started from, when you go to college or university or you graduate from a business school, you haven't learned how to communicate. And that is a problem. It has been a problem. A lot, a lot has been written about a lot of research about students coming from university going into the workforce and they do not have the soft skills. And particularly in this day and age with AI taking over many of the tasks that people do, they need to be better at the soft skills, how to communicate, because that's what we're going to need is to be better at that because technology is going to look after the tasks that people do. I, you know, like even with lawyers, a lot of the things that lawyers do can now be done, you know, through AI and they don't have to. Uh, and, and so, you know, all you need to do is to be able to communicate and have those soft skills to be effective as a communicator. Let's, let's um, you know, I mean, this has been really an interesting uh, thing to me because I, I, I love language. I, I love communication. I mean, it's, it's something I, I think I'm uh, better than average at and, and I enjoy it. Um, what do you think the future of communication looks like? Interpersonal communication, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, do people need to get better at these skills? Do you think young people are not learning these skills and they don't matter anymore. I mean, what, what do you think, you know, is happening in, in the school systems and, and, and around for the future of our communications? Personally, I think it's not just young people. I think it's old people too, or older people also, because I don't think we were ever taught about how to communicate. Again, I still go back to that thing. And I have to say this because uh, before I got involved in business communication, I was a university professor and I was professor of education at the University of Toronto. So I saw what went on at university and the faculty of education. And 
many of my students, you know, it hasn't been that long since I did that. Maybe three, four years ago, I, I left and I got involved into biz, in business communication. And students couldn't write. They could not write and they couldn't explain. And if you're going to be a good teacher, because this is education, you need to be able to ask good questions. Because if you want to find out information from people, the same thing in business, if you need to get information for people, you need to know how to ask the right questions. And most people can't. They don't know how to word those questions in order to get the answers they want. There's three kinds of questions that people need to ask. One is, you know, factual, one is specific, and one is, you know, getting general information, and then you ask probing questions. And it's very hard to design those questions. It takes time to learn how to do that. So I think it goes back to how we learn when we're younger. And I think teachers really do not know how to teach that properly. And I speak from experience. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like it's it's a funny thing. I mean, uh, children are never taught how to learn either. No, you're you know, they're right. Just, it's assumed that they know how to learn, uh, you know, and uh, not everybody has the same uh, kind of memory. Not everybody learns the same way. And, and there's a lot of lack of sensitivity to that, too. So uh, th- that's what makes all this very fascinating to me is that communication is something that we kind of assume that we can do. Learning is something we assume we can do. But the truth is that uh, there are people like you that have the inside track on doing that. And this show is always about the inside track, the best, smartest, and fastest way uh, to get something done. And uh, you certainly have the inside track on how this whole communication thing works, whether uh, we do a good job in childhood or not. So uh, I I appreciate you sharing what you know with us. Well, thank you. I'm happy that I could be here to share that with you because I do feel that I do have the knowledge and the um, the sensitivity and the capability of doing that because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and I'm a very analytical person. So it's taken, you know, I think about it in that way. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for sharing. And uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing all those things with us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joe Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audivita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.